This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, on the Rockstar Radio Network. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms? How to avoid losing money? And much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top of the day to everyone. We have a great show with one of my absolutely favorite people in the whole book publishing world. He's brilliant. He's creative. He's extraordinarily successful. He's created a knock-yourselves-off book called The Self-Publisher's Companion, Expert Advice for Authors Who Want to Publish. And he happens to run one of the very best, I think, publishing blogs out there. So with me for the entire hour is Joel Friedlander, based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. And so how is the weather there, Joel, today? The weather here is not what you think, Judith. Should be sunny and beautiful, but uh, it's a little overcast. And thank you for that uh, fantastic introduction. Yeah, well, I I meant it. I meant it. Well, one of the things I think that that is so critical, and I I had uh, one of my book shepherding clients I'm working with is a woman by the name of Michelle Marshalldon, and she has a knock your socks off book coming out, uh, literally being shipped from the printers right now called Finding My Life on the Mat. And if you were to kind of describe her in a phrase, she is the Irma Bomback of yoga. <laughs> and it's funny, 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 and off the wall. And she just got picked up to be a regular columnist on a very large blog called The Elephant Journal. And um, her one of her first postings already had 600 push-outs on different Facebook accounts. Uh, wow. multiple, multiple retreats going on. And the entire blog has, I think, 847,000 regular subscribers. So what, what's so important and what Michelle is really seeing, all of a sudden she's saying, oh, my God, maybe I didn't print enough books, um, that she really sees the ability to connect and reach out. Um, from just that one in that run, uh, the, the Elephant Journal covers a lot of different topics, but it has one for yoga. Mm-hmm. And that's her niche, of course. And so what I wanted to get into, because I really do, we want to refer people to the, your blog uh, yeah. multiple times, and how you structure it, how you put together, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what are the hiccups, what kind of advice that we could go through in creating a killer rock star blog. So with that... What do you think? <laughs> well, that's a tall order, Judith, but let's, why not? Let's go at it. I mean, you know, one of the things I get asked often by authors is, do I really need a blog at all? I mean, a lot of writers are uh, unwilling to take on, uh, you know, running a blog. They, it seems like it's going to be a lot of work. They don't know why they're doing it. Maybe their publisher told them or a consultant or they read it somewhere and, I thought it would be really useful to just spend a minute talking about reasons why you need a blog if you're an author and you want to sell books online. How does that sound? 
That sounds perfect. It's kind of like that, you know, let's talk, let's go back to the genesis of it. And, and what do we do? Step one, step two. So the baby steps before we go, you know, gigantua on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's another thing because uh, uh, sometimes I get presentations on blogging and people are always asking, well, you know, it sounds kind of complicated. What do I need to get started? And really, there's only four things you need to get started blogging. And none of them is going to cost you very much money. You could do it for under $10. And, and, and that is, isn't that the cat's meow? I mean, that's, that's what I love about the Internet. You can, be, you can become a media person. You can establish your own media asset and start publishing content. And really, it's not going to cost you anything. I mean, really, you, you need to have your own domain name. I think that's super important, Judith, because... Uh, you know, we use all these social media sites like uh, Facebook and Twitter and all of the rest of them, you know, but we need to have some place we can call our own where you can't get kicked off, booted out. You know, they can't change the interface, change the terms on you. You want something to call your own. So um, that's one of the reasons I think authors need to have a blog in the first place and why you want to have your own domain name. And I, I think that's a better it's not that you can't do it on Blogger or WordPress.com, but I think long-term you'll be happier if you set up your own domain, and that's pretty cheap. Now, at the same time, you're going to need a hosting account, and you can usually do those two things together at the same time. So you get your domain, your hosting account. Right now I'm paying $10 for domain names and about $7 a month to host my blog. So okay. that's, that's pretty reasonable. Now, the other two things you need are really up to you. You need a schedule of some kind, and I think that's really important. Because like any, any other media or publication or broadcast, people need to know when it's coming out. You know, we all want to watch, let's say, American Idol. You know it's going to be on at a certain time, on a certain day. You can count on that, and everybody tunes in to see it. You know, there are magazines that come out once a week or once a month. And we look forward to that. So the same thing is true for your blog. You can't blog like two days this week and then take a month off because nobody will know what to expect. So you have to Yeah, that's literally, Joel, the out of sight, out of mind yeah, um, that yeah. happens. Set a schedule and stick with it. Look, you can always change it if you find it's not working out. But have a schedule. And, of course, the last thing you need is some idea of what you're going to blog about. You need a focus. And that's also very important. I mean, what is your blog about? Is it about 17th century literature? Is it about how to uh, chop vegetables? You know, is it about trips you take with your family? It can't be about all of those different things. You have to pick something. And so people come to know you and your blog as representing something. And then I did all of these things when I started my blog. I established a schedule. I got my domain name. I set up a hosting account. And I decided to blog about a specific subject, and that is how to make books. And I just stuck to that for a year without any interruption. That's all I did. And I just worked on finding readers and providing great content. And that's how my blog grew for that whole first year. And how many blog followers do you have? Um, okay, metrics. Well, right now, in the last 30 days, I had approximately 40,000 people on my blog. Okay. 
Not, not small one. potatoes. No, you know, and it, if you keep at it, it just keeps growing. Now, I remember very clearly sitting there when I started out and writing stuff and sweating over those articles and publishing them and, you know, being kind of depressed because it was, I didn't know if I was writing and there was nobody reading. And that's really not a great feeling. But I want to tell you that if you stick to it and if you do both of the things that blogging is about, about your readership is going to grow. And that's what's happened to me. Now, mm -hmm. I said there are two things that blogging is about, and this is one of the biggest problems I find with authors. They don't realize that there are two parts to blogging, Judith, and that is, one, writing your blog, and number two, marketing your blog. Okay, you so the writing any... part, let's, let's hope that authors can do that. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, authors, I think... Authors have like a built-in advantage, don't they? We well, they should writers. have. We're, it's we're like being creators. an intuitive and you follow through. I mean, you should have. The, the biggest things that I will see and, and evolution of blogs is where they used to be longer. I mean, sometimes we'd really do a full-blown article. And I think Twitter morphed that, that people expect shorter and mm -hmm. more content to come at you fairly quickly. I mean, when I look at your blogs, that you're, you, know, you might go to two pages, but it's pretty concise what you have there. It doesn't go on and on and on and on and on. Would you say that's right? Yeah, and I think the most important thing about that is focus. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a topic, deal with the topic. Don't start wandering around until you know uh, what you thought about it 10 years ago and what your uncle said. I mean, the whole idea of, of blogs as as media uh, assets to me is that a blog is really good for a very focused niche oriented type of audience mm -hmm. and that that makes it possible for people like me or you or other authors to do this successfully because we don't have to cover everything we only need to cover one thing really really well well, and, and th that's the focus. So if you cover it well, let me go back to on those early days when you didn't know who you were talking to. You know, was anyone finding you as you, were, as you were scripting away? Did you go back and revisit those um, uh, and, and really bring them back to life maybe a year later that maybe if very few saw them and now you, you leap from a dozen people who followed you to now you have several thousand people following you? Maybe that there was some really good stuff that they just haven't dug down into the archives. Then maybe come back and, and redress it a little bit and reintroduce it. Yeah, absolutely, Judith. And this is part of um, how how you learn to create content for your blog. It's, you know, blogging is a, a specific kind of writing skill. It's not like writing articles for magazines. It's not like writing books. It's really kind of its own little art form. And learning how to develop content is part of that. So the way I relate to your question is, um, for instance, I wrote uh, a lot of basic articles when I first got started. I thought, well, that's where I'm going to start with the most basic stuff. And I'll give you an example. I wrote an article about what to put on your copyright page in your book. And that's something that every self-publisher needs to know. What the heck goes on the copyright page? Exactly. So I wrote that article. It just seemed like one in a series of articles I was writing. I didn't, you know, it's not, a copyright page is not very exciting. It's kind of nope. boring in a sense. It's just, you know, facts and figures. But what I found, Judith, was that there were it was the most popular article on my blog. 
I couldn't and, believe it. And, and you know what doesn't surprise me? We're gonna we're coming up to a break, but I think that one of the things that led to that, and when we come back, you can readdress it. But I think one of the things, Joel, that would lead to that is every book must have a copyright page. So what you were delivering was an essential tool to them, and a lot of them don't know that you should put that ISBN number. I see that all the time. Should you get the Library of Congress number? Yes, if you want to get into libraries, you better go get it. What I, what I found out was that people had a lot of fear about the yeah. copyright page. They were afraid to do it wrong. Well, let's find out some of the things that they do do wrong when we come back. My guest today is Joel Friedlander. He's the book man and the book designer. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hooded. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author U today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author U on Twitter at Author U and on Facebook at Author U, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author U, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Change the way you publish online. WaveCloud is a new form for authors to manage all their books' information in one place from start to finish, including pricing and listing summary. To learn more or sign up for email updates, visit wavecloud.com. Every picture tells a story. And it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evy Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303 985 
4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, with me this afternoon is Joel Friedlander, and he is an amazing graphic designer, interior designer, cover designer, blogger extraordinaire. And we were talking about one of the top blogs that he put out in the early days, and he was just getting into, as my producer Wayne sent to me, cross-linking and telling people about connecting with other articles and going to the archives. And I asked Joel um, to talk about that, as well as get into some of the things that you could use for your on your copyright page, things you must have. But what about some of the other bells and whistles that you could add to it? So, Joel, how can we add to that? Um, well, I think that the idea of cross-linking your articles is really important because that's, you know, blogs have this uh, problem where every time you publish a new article, you know, it pushes all the old ones down into your archive and they're kind of hard to find. So every time you write an article that references something you wrote about earlier, it's really smart to put in a link to in the, in the text of your new article to the old article and that will help refresh all of that content that's in your archive. And this becomes uh, more and more important the more you write, of course. So, And it helps your readers, and it will also help your uh, search engine rankings mm-hmm. because uh, they like to see that cross-linking, particularly when you link on the important words in your article. Now, one of the things everybody should have on their blog, I think, Judith, is an opt-in. So you, the, you as a blogger, a writer, an author, can start to uh, get people's email addresses. And a blog is a perfect way to do that because people come, they visit. If they like what you write, they will sign up for your email list. And that gives you a lot of benefits going forward, you know, because a lot of people who are going to visit your blog, they may only come there once. You want some way to try and capture a percentage of those people so you can develop a relationship that's ongoing with them. Mm-hmm. So that would be different from signing up for a, a newsletter or an e-zine. Well, it doesn't matter how you frame it. Like some people say, sign up for my newsletter. Mm-hmm. Some people say, sign up for an e-zine. Some people say, hey, get this free PDF and I'll put you on my mailing list at the same time. No matter how you frame it, you know, you know best what is going to appeal to your readers. The idea is to get those email addresses because, you know, uh, let's face it, people are surfing the web. They're going pretty fast. You know, I get a lot of people who stay on my blog like 12 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. We need some way to uh, get that person's name and address and so we can establish some kind of relationship with them because, you know, that's going to build over time. And if you keep communicating with people, 
you know, they're going to be much more interested in the books you're writing. Mm -hmm. And recommending. Absolutely. Exactly. All right, let's, let's hop back to the copyright page. So what are the absolute essentials that, that you see people skip over? On the copyright page itself? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, um, one of the most common errors I see on copyright pages, Judith, is people are looking at other books to see what should go on the copyright page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And frequently they see a big block of data that can't, they can't even figure it out. It's just full of numbers and dates and stuff, and they think that stuff is supposed to be on the copyright page. But what they've actually done is they've uh, stumbled on a CIP block. That's cataloging and publication. It usually comes from the Library of Congress, and it has to be prepared by a very specialized librarian for each individual book. You can't copy it out of somebody else's book. And I'm constantly seeing self-published books with bits and pieces of a CIP block that they've copied out of somebody else's book on their copyright page. Mm-hmm. And that's a sure sign that the book was produced by an amateur. Now, that's what you don't want. And it happens all the time. happens all the time. Most people know to put the copyright statement there. But, uh, you know, this is just a trap that people continue to fall into. You don't need any of that stuff on your copyright page. There's very little you really need. You need to say who the copyright, you know, the state the copyright, mm-hmm. the year, have the little copyright symbol. You should have somewhere on the copyright page people can contact you as the publisher in case they want to quote from your book or maybe they want to buy 100 copies. They have to know how to get in touch with you. They're going to look on your copyright page for that information. Mm-hmm. If you have any disclaimers, if you have any advice you're giving in the book, you might want to say up front, you know, what your qualifications are or what people should, how they should treat that advice. And the copyright page is a good place for disclaimers. You'll frequently find them there. Yeah, it's my favorite place to put it. Make it short and sweet. Absolutely. All right, and then and then uh, the ISBN. And if you if you your L, you just put that LCCN number. That's what we just put up. And yeah, and let Library it go from there. of Congress catalog card number is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they call it now the publisher's control number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you definitely want to have your ISBN. And if you have different editions of your book, it might be a good mm-hmm. idea to list them with the different ISBNs. If you have a hardcover and a paperback, or an ebook and a and a print book, mm-hmm. you can always list all the editions. And, you know, that's also a little bit of cross-selling there. People who look at that will realize there are other formats the book is in. Yeah, which is very smart. All right, so what are the other bells and whistles that we could add on that might enhance that copyright page besides a bunch of smaller print, a smaller font when you're looking at it? Well, the way you think about it is, and traditionally, if you think about a book, I mean, the book, all the content of the book is the responsibility of the author. The copyright page is really the uh, a place for the publisher. So when you're a self-publisher, you have to learn to switch hats. You know, sometimes you're the author, sometimes you're the publisher. So the copyright page is really a place for the publisher. For instance, if you have a program where you offer uh, bulk sales or special sales, like you're willing to make a deal for a large number of books at a very special price, you can say that on your copyright page. You know, this book is available in bulk quantities at special pricing. Please contact our order department or whoever it is that Mm -hmm. you want them to talk to. 
And uh, that's an excellent thing to put on your copyright page. Right. And, and so I think what the author needs to keep in mind, that this is not the time to, to be the shy violet, that you are actually always marketing, always marketing. Every inch is available, if you think about it, for some form of marketing. It doesn't have to look like you're selling people, but you're constantly communicating what you have available and how you can deliver it. And that, mm -hmm. in a sense, is the essence of marketing. Exactly. Anything else you'd like to add to the copyright page that's different than, than most? Uh, no, sometimes we use them to note what, you know, uh, if the book has gone through different printings. So if you're printing yes. offset, mm -hmm. you know, it's a good mm -hmm. idea to put on there first printing, second printing, third printing, so you can identify where these books came from. That can be very helpful down the line. Well, I also think that is a, it's a, it's a very subtle uh, way to also let the potential reader, because a lot of people will flip into the copyright page and find out when it, you know, how dated this book is. And if they can see that there is multiple printings or editions, um, it tells them that there is followers. And yeah, it's got some absolutely. roots to it. The book is sold well enough to go into a second, third, or fourth printing. That mm -hmm. transmits a message, whether consciously or subconsciously, that, you know, it's a book that a lot of people like. We call that mm -hmm. social proof. In other words, when people are wavering about a decision, the fact that a lot of other people have done a particular thing is very influential on our decision. Exactly. All right. Well, let's, Joel, I wanted to, let's, before we finish copyright, so what are the mistakes that you see that people do besides copying the, the CCIP block that they have no business copying from somebody else? Um, well, you know, there aren't, uh, I haven't really identified a lot of errors particularly. It used to be much harder because you had to have the copyright statement in a specific form and, uh, you know, that's been loosened up somewhat over the years. Um, I would say, you know, basically not put, not realizing that they could use that page like for all these things we're talking about today. You mm -hmm. know, and they just stick a copyright on there and they figure, well, I guess that's all I have to put there. But you're kind of wasting an opportunity. Yeah, I, you know, we also like to put the uh, logo, especially when they're fun, of the publishers on there to give a little color, little graphic uh, yeah. pitch, visual to the page. The you other thing is, I, I, here's one of the big mistakes stuff. I see authors do all the time. They've yeah. got a book that's coming out at the last quarter of the year, or they, they push it, and they end up using the year 211 as their copyright instead of moving it forward to 212. Um, and they they... They fail to realize that, it, I mean, how much marketing are you really going to do with a late fall book for that year, 211, and immediately it becomes dated for January of 212 because it's last year's book. So one of the things that we really do look at is a forward, and we will put um, uh, that 212 date on anything that we know that's going to be coming out after September. Sure. You know, another thing I see that's a really good thing is, like, if you have uh, anything that goes along with that book that would help people with your content, maybe you have mm -hmm. a workbook that goes with the textbook, or maybe you have a set of audio tapes that you made from the book, or, you know, if there's ever anything that coordinates with the book, you should really put that on the copyright page, you know, if you don't put it anywhere else. People need exactly. to know about that. All right. Joel, when we come back, let's go into now some of the book and a little bit more of how to market that blog. I'm Judith Bryles. Okay. You're listening to your guide to book publishing.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Do you need postcards that make a statement? How about business cards, flyers, brochures, or NCR forms? TuVets is the solution for all your printing needs. Providing services specially designed for authors, we deliver exceptional quality colored printing. Most important of all, we specialize in reducing your printing costs. No more waiting. No more standing in lines at your local printer. Online proofing. With our pricing tools calculator, you can get instant quotes on all your printing products, as well as shipping rates all over the United States. Just a few clicks of the mouse and you're on the way to discovering how easy and convenient online color printing should be. Contact our friendly, human, account representatives. We recognize that you want answers, not voice prompts. Visit our website at www.tu-vets.com or call one 800 When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
Hi there. Um, you know, I always mention at the top of the hour, and I didn't do it, that if for our live listeners, if you have any direct questions, Joel certainly would be glad to take them, and you can call in at 866-404-6519. That's 866-404-6519. Usually at this spot of the show, I have one of our sponsors come on to give a tip, and Charlie Clappa was going to be on from Total Printing Systems, and Charlie took a tumble this morning and ended up uh, cracking some ribs, breaking his arm, so he'll be with us next week. He's on meds this afternoon, and uh, we just wish him speedy recovery with that. The, the ice is not fun at this time of the year. So I'm going to step in as a, with my author UCAP and talk to you about the extravaganza that's popping up here on the first weekend in May. It's uh, uh, the Kentucky Derby weekend, so for listeners in Kentucky, you can come on to Colorado. We'll serve you mint juleps when you get here. But our theme is it takes a village to create and market a book. And we've got a great bonus session on Friday, May 3rd with marketing guru John Kramer, who's the author of A Thousand One Ways to Market Your Book and one of my co-authors on Show Me About Book Publishing. And we have from Steve Harrison to Mary Barnett, who's going to be talking about mobile marketing. Steve will be doing uh, publicity, of course. Uh, Brian Judd will be doing Mish Marketing. We have the amazing Georgia McCabe. If you, if you haven't met Georgia there is a reason why God made Georgia. And it was her vision and her idea that she approached the president of Time Warner and said, hey, we have got millions of pictures in this library and they're all going to pot. They're fading. We need to fix them and I'm going to show you how to digitalize them. Georgia is the reason why so many of these photos from yesteryear, as well as what they do now, are all about. Georgia will be here talking about all kinds of aspects of social media. Janita Kerpur, who is brilliant in duplicating in CDs and DVDs and book trailers and video, will be here. Daniel Hall will be talking about uh, e-promoting and e-marketing and all the webinar area. And one of the most amazing printing machines, we call it the spaceship, um, but Peter Vandervanter will be here talking about what's really going on and the next, 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 next thing in publishing. So, so much more. We'd love to have you. And we're doing a sweepstakes on if you go to go to the author you facebook page there is a sweepstakes that you can click on and we are actually we're going to give away one of the spots there it's worth 400 bucks so find out more at the authoryou.org page there are more details and they will be added to now daily as we build up and put our brochure together so with that that's the extravaganza we're back to joel again and uh, we, we, we chatted a little bit about copywriting. I, I think we're, we've, we've done with that topic. What I do want to come back to is Joel's blog, which with 40,000 followers, which is nothing to sneeze at. And how does he market it and let other people know? And what kind of scheduling does he do? So, Joel, where are you on that? Okay, well, you know, when I started my blog, I, uh, I decided to blog five days a week, which was pretty ambitious. I thought it would be the fastest way to build a following. Now, after I realized my traffic was dropping off on the weekends, I went to seven days a week, Judith, which is only mm. slightly insane. But the great thing about blogging is, you know, you don't you picture somebody sitting there every day pushing that publish button, but with our great WordPress software, we have a scheduling function. So I can actually sit on a weekend, for instance, and write two or three blog posts 
and simply schedule them to go out like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm free. So it is possible to do that. I, I publish an article now, I'm blogging six days a week. I usually don't blog on Saturday. And when I got started, I had to learn how to market my blog. And that's one of the most important things an author can learn. Because I think the biggest mistake most authors make, or let's say two mistakes. One, giving up too soon, like not sticking it out. And two, they never market their blogs. So, you know, you can see that if you have readers, it's going to make blogging a lot more fun and rewarding for you, and you're going to want to do it. If you don't have any readers, you will give up eventually because there's no feedback coming back. So that's a really good reason to market your blog. Now, that and what, what avenues then do you suggest to do that? How do you do that? What's that? What are the avenues that you suggest to go down yeah. to start building that marketing? Okay, you have to start somewhere, and you start with like creating little tiny streams of traffic. So the way you do that is you find out who are the other people blogging in your area, your genre or your niche or whatever. Like I blog about book design, typography. There's lots of other blogs on those subjects, so I got to know them. And I started reading their articles, and then I started making comments on the blog. Now, I try to add comments that really added to the discussion. You don't want to leave a comment that says, hey, dude, nice article. You know, that doesn't really add anything. No. So if you make a contribution, first of all, you're going to come to the notice of the blogger. Now, when you're new, that blogger has more traffic than you. So you want to get to know those people. Second of all, people who read your comments will click through to see what else you have to say. Now, these comments, by the way, never go away. So, you know, I did that a couple of years ago. I don't do it as much now. But there are thousands of blog posts out there now with my comments on them. And they're still there. So if anybody reads that article, they might click through. Now, so it creates huge name recognition. Eventually, it adds up. This is an accumulative process, and you don't really get that when you're starting because it seems like nothing is happening. But if you stick with it, it will eventually grow. Another really great way to get traffic that's very similar is to find discussion forums where people are talking about your topic. Like I went out and found four or five forums or discussion boards, for instance, Absolute Right, which is a big writer's community online, and they have a special place where you can talk about self-publishing and book design. So I started leaving comments there. Now, what did I do? You know, if you're, whenever you're in a forum or a social media site, you get to make up a signature file that's posted whenever you leave a comment or make a post. Now, in that signature file, you know, put a link to your blog and say something about why people might be interested in checking it out. So if people read your comment or your contribution to the discussion and they see that you actually make sense or have something interesting to say, they will click through and you're starting to establish more little streams of traffic. Now, eventually you build up a relationship with people in your, in your genre or your niche and then you can start asking them if you can perhaps do a guest article on their blog. Now, that will get you a lot more traffic and readers because now you're using somebody else's microphone, and they probably have a lot more readers than you. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, and you can keep finding ways like this. Another thing I did early on, Judith, was write articles for um, article directories. And I took about 25 articles, each of which had links to my blog, and posted them on um, ezinearticles.com. Mm-hmm. Now, these aren't as popular as they used to be, but they've been republished, you know, hundreds of times. So there's more links, more places for people to click, and more links back to my blog from doing all of this stuff over the years. And it mm-hmm. builds up. And how many years have you been blogging, Joel? Two years. Well, that's not very long. Nope. It's, it's really not. So you started with zero followers, and at by the point, end of six months, what did you think you had? At, yeah. Um, actually, I think You just I happened to have those numbers, huh? Re- I think I had about, uh, I don't have them handy, but mm-hmm. I think I had about, after six months, I had about 100 readers a day. Now, that's actually pretty good. And uh, that was a big day for me when I broke through 100 readers a day. I thought, wow, that's incredible that there are that many people who want to read about type fonts and self-publishing. But Mm -hmm. I just kept going at it. And right now, you know, it just keeps increasing. All of those links I've got out there, you know, I've got a huge amount of content by this time. Now, if you think about it, if you write an article every day, after a couple of years, I have over 700 articles on my blog now. You do. So that that begs me to ask, how much time, Joel, do you spend creating your articles um, and getting them up there? Okay, well, uh, probably the average is about uh, an hour. All right. An hour to an hour and 15 minutes. And and you did that. And, And, of course, when you rolled out your new book, Mm-hmm. Um, you immediately told the world about it, and and what kind of results did you get in your tracking? How many people downloaded that book? Well, I recently put up um, a free book called Ten Things You Have You Must Know About Self Publishing. Okay, it's a free PDF book. I did it uh, to both share this knowledge with people who need it and to attract people who are interested in my subject and get their email addresses, like I was just talking about before. So I put that up on my blog. I wrote an article about it. And within three weeks, I had over a 1,000 downloads. All right. So when we come back after this final break, we're going to talk a little bit more about those 10 things you must know. And Joel's going to tell us about his brand-new training series. I'm Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Writing and reading are moving to the cloud. WaveCloud represents a whole new community for writers and readers to connect, communicate, evaluate, and share. Writers hone their craft and build their business. Readers build their favorites. Sign up for updates at wavecloud.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. 
You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd if you want to create a book with no regrets. Give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author... Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Hi, it's glad to be back. This hour is whizzing by, literally. And with me is Joel Friedlander, who is known as the bookman and the book designer and he has um, shared so much information through the years online and offline, but certainly in the online communities on everything you need to know but didn't know what to ask about self-publishing, about independent publishing, about working with different components and so suppliers and service providers within the publishing area. And Joel's like me. We, we have no qualms about talking about predators out there and who you need to be careful with. Would you say that's true, Joel? Absolutely. That's, that's, <laughs> and, uh, we need to do that, Judith. Well, I, I have to tell you, I got my, I, I would say another phrase, but I won't say on the air, but I got into deep doo-doo at a conference when I started um, talking about a couple of the predators where one of the panelists jumped up 
insulted defending the integrity of this well-known publishing house and how it was a personal friend. And he went on to say, you know, if Louise Hay had heard what you had said, she would be sick. And I said, you know what, Bill? That's exactly what those authors who have been taken by Balboa Press feel. If Louise Hay knew what was going on, she wouldn't allow this. I totally agree with you, Judith. I've been there. I've had to rescue some clients myself from uh, these places, and it's not a pretty picture. It's a mess. Anyway, let's let's come back to in this last bit and talk about, we were talking about the 10 things you must know about self-publishers, and you have a, a special PDF. So we want it, why don't you kind of go slowly, give everyone that website to go to so they can opt in and pull it down. Okay, well, what I did, Judith, was I really thought, you know, I get these questions all the time, as a lot of people want to publish, and I realized that it would be possible for me to put into your hands uh, a 24-page, full-color, beautiful PDF. It's called 10 Things You Need to Know About Self-Publishing, Plus Don't Make These 10 Common Self-Publishing Mistakes. And so it's really in two pieces, uh, and uh, it runs through... Uh, the old model of self-publishing, the new model of self-publishing, it's packed with information, uh, links, live links to resources, uh, social media information, uh, how to hire people to help you get your book done, and just a ton of useful, essential information for self-publishers, and you can get it for free. And the way you do that is to go to my blog, which is at www.thebookdesigner.com. Dot com, And on any page of my blog, if you look in the top right, you'll see the cover of this book, 10 Things You Need to Know About Self-Publishing. Just click that book, and you'll be on your way. You'll have it in about 60 seconds, and you can start reading and profiting from this information immediately. Perfect. All right. So that that's the, the, the first freebie that we have going on here. That sounds excellent. <laughs> Excellent, and um, we have that. All right, now let's let's hop over because I I think that we would just be really amiss if we uh, we've talked about the marketing of the blog, the critical importance of it, and, and another evolution that you have done that's really come from your many blogs is you've created a really knock your socks off training program um, and video training that's going to be launching here in a couple of weeks. Tell us a little bit about that and how our listeners can participate on that. Judith, this is the most exciting thing I've ever done. I've been in publishing uh, over 30 years. Uh, you know, I'm not the youngest guy on the block, but I've helped authors publish hundreds and hundreds of books over that time. And I've always been looking for a way to take that uh, education out to more people, and that's one of the reasons I originally started my blog. But now i found an even better way, and it's a training program called the Self-Publishing Roadmap. And in this training, it's a video training program with just a ton of downloads. It includes checklists, uh, tutorials, background information, and uh, video guidance in the entire publishing process, starting from getting your manuscript ready all the way through producing your books and why you do certain kinds of books and not other ones, how to pick your strategies, and through launching and marketing your book. And the feedback I've been getting, I did a beta release of this last year, is just fantastic, and I'm very, very excited about it. I'm going to be launching it in the next few weeks in February. And if anybody is interested in training up, taking self-publishing really seriously and understanding how it works and how the pieces fit together, 
uh, you can save yourself weeks or months of frustration and trying to figure all the stuff out yourself. It's really hard. So if you um, if you go to my blog, you'll uh, you'll get your ten things you need to know about self-publishing download. On the last page, you'll find a, a little state you know a story about the self-publishing roadmap, and you can get on an early notification list. And I'll let you know as soon as it's ready to go. Perfect. And then we can tell our world about it and, and, and get it out. Because we, we do want to encourage, Joel, how many times, you say you do it six to six times a week, you've got a new blog. So how new much art. of that is your content? Um, I, and I'm just thinking, and how much do you have with what we call guest bloggers? And is having guest bloggers a good idea? Judith, I love having guest bloggers, uh, you know, because they have a lot of expertise to offer that I don't have, and they have a different voice, and readers like to have a different voice once in a while. And hey, you know, it saves me a day of blogging, and any blogger is going to be happy about that. But I have to admit that 95% of the content on my blog I wrote personally, and I wrote it for the blog. It's not repurposed content. Now, I'm lucky I happen to be a pretty fast writer. Not everybody writes as fast as me. I can do a 1,000-word article in about 40 minutes. So that's made it possible for me to publish every day. You know, most people could not keep up that pace, and I don't blame them. It's a little crazy, but you don't have to. You know, mm -hmm. as long as your content is really good, if you can make every article you publish actually meaningful, not something just to fill up your schedule, but that actually has real value in it that somebody can get something from. You know, you can publish once a week, twice a week. It doesn't really matter. But, yeah, guess I love them. Yes, guess. So, so Joel, uh, off the record, I will, I will do several for you. Just ask me. <laughs> I'd love to have you on my blog, Judith. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I'll put my two bits out. Um, let me, uh, as, as, we, as we come into the kind of the, the ending part here, what marketing mistakes did you make? I mean, it sounds like everything has just been the rock of Gibraltar and you had a home run every turnaround. What hiccups did you run into? Gosh. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the first year I spent just trying to build traffic and I didn't really worry about whether I was making any money at it or getting readers. I just was putting out learning how to do it. The second year I started trying to do products so I had something uh, to sell. Now, I have to admit that some of those products really haven't done very well. And the reason is, and uh, I'm getting better and better at marketing, Judith, but the reason is that I didn't see any clear reason why people needed them. It was something I thought they might be able to use, but the market itself told me, hey, Joel, we're not interested. No matter what you thought, it's not something we need. So what I've learned from that is to go back and ask people to uh, get deeper into the conversation with my own readers and have a real dialogue going so I can get information from them and feedback on what it is that they need to move forward with their publishing projects. And so that's the kind of material I'm doing now. And which is uh, an evolution then. Strictly. Very evolutionary, exactly. You know, uh, and uh, I haven't—I don't feel like uh, I wasted any time because I'm now reusing a lot of the material I developed for those products. I'm just doing it in a different context because mm -hmm. people want to consume that information differently. 
And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I did this training course, because people kept asking me if there was some way they could learn the whole process, because it's very hard for people new to publishing to put all these pieces together. Well, I think that uh, it, it'll save them thousands and thousands of dollars of mistakes. Thousands oh of dollars. God, yeah. And, and uh, one of the things, and in our last two minutes, why don't we talk about some of the most common mistakes we do see you know, that you see from the design area? Well, you know, I get to ask this one, how can I reuse an old ISBN? (laughs) You know, that's really a bad idea. Don't do it. (laughs) You You don't. That's how. You know, people say, well, I only have a few song lyrics in here. It's okay to use those, right? You know, and then I have to tell them, no, it's not okay. If you don't have permission... You know, a lot of people who have a copyright in music are really serious about not letting other people use it without paying, and you can end up with a lawsuit on your hands. Exactly. And, you know, and... if you don't know how to prepare graphics for print books, just because it looks good on your screen, that doesn't mean it's going to print properly. It could look terrible in your book, even though it yeah. looks gorgeous on screen. Yeah, and Joel, that's one of the big mistakes I see all the time. And, and, yeah. the, and then the other one that just, just appalls me and, and is people who try to make their own covers. And they scream, scream that they were done on the kitchen table. Absolutely. How about the books? And I've got some of them on my desk, Judith, where all the pages, the odd number pages are on the left. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's... You know, you think it's impossible, but people are doing it all the time. And nothing will, anybody who knows what books are supposed to look like will pick that up and say, what? Who did this? Uh, uh, Amazing. Well, Joel, we are literally out of time. How do they find out about your training, the the video training that's coming out? Is that all on your website, too? It's all on my website. Go there and download the 10 things you need to know about self-publishing. Everything you want to know is inside that PDF. All right. And then for the video training, there is a special spot for that, too? Yeah, it's in that PDF. Wonderful. All right, I'm Judith Bryles. With me has been Joel Friedlander. Join us next week. We'll have Lori Binford Keisher, who is the president of IVPA, and Melody Jones, who knows all about social media. It'll be a fast hour once again. Talk to you later. Tell your friends. part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.